Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments with options and spread trades, near report, news, events, analysis, and research, we put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now here are your co-hosts, Andy Peterson. Hello, Okay, this is, this is something like... Hi, Arcade. Arcade's on the line. And also, uh, Mark Eli. Hey, Mark. Hey, Andy. We got the Arcade chatter in the background. Yeah, Arcade's chatting away. He's excited about the show. And uh, we also have John in the car. How's it going, John? I'm doing good, Andy. How are you? Oh, that's fantastic. This is what we call the entire C-suite we got the CIO, the CTO, the CMO, and the CEO all on the same call, uh, serving you, um, our valued listener. We've got a lot of oh, great Andy, stuff. Oh, Andy, can you yes, see? That's right. Oh, say, can you see? see? Yeah. Uh, Mark is also a phenomenal singer, and he takes requests. So if you have any requests, go to Twitter and hashtag uh, PTRask, uh, Power Trader Radio Ask, and ask Mark to sing a song or – Send us any questions that you have about uh, trading, options trading. We'll be happy to answer those on the air. doesn't matter what the question. There are no stupid, stupid questions, and so, uh, except for the ones that I've asked over the years. Uh, but I'm <laughs> glad I got the answer to those things. Ask Mark. He, he knows. Um, so S, uh, SCRS or PTRS, Power Trader Radio Ask, hashtag on Twitter, and give us a shout, and we'll have it be happy to answer those questions. And speaking of social media, guys, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm no, I know that you guys know that we have Udemy courses out there. Uh, in August alone, today is the 5th of September, by the way, um, and uh, you can call in and talk to us live on the air at 914-338-1702 for the next half hour, 914-338-1702. Um, but we have, in uh, the month of August alone, 154 new students in 40 countries in our Udemy courses. So I'd like to welcome everybody who's in those courses and who uh, may have uh, heard about our podcast from those courses. So welcome if you're listening to the podcast as well. And I'd also like to welcome uh, Austin S., Elizabeth B., and there's also seven other new likes on Facebook in the past week. So pretty excited about our growing community of investors, traders, and students um, and, you know, uh, I love the way that John talks about the community of investors that we have. John has a show on Tuesday nights that he loves to, uh, he loves to teach options. It's called Tuesday Night Trades, and you can go ahead and look on our website for more information on his course. Um, we're talking about, I think, uh, having a study on uh, J.P. Morgan as well and that stock and how it's going up. It's going up and up and up, and now the speculation is that it's going to drop, so with that kind of news and with all of the tools that we have at our disposal through TradeCaddy, including RE, the Analysis Research Index, um, it makes for a fun hour-long session uh, and to see what, uh, what John comes up with with regards to his trades, which are, of course, for educational purposes only. 
So lots of stuff going on. Um, I know you guys are chomping at the bit and ready for me to shut up. So I'm going to go ahead and do my best to do that by introducing, you know, there's a lot of trades we want to talk about. I want to talk about the Microsoft trade that Mark and I placed this morning that I'm super excited about and the conversation we had about that. I want to talk about Walgreens Boots Alliance, a conversation that I had with a former Walgreens employee and all of the uh, stock that he and his friends own and uh, what they're doing with their stock and what our suggestions would be for them. Uh, and also uh, a couple of other topics as well. But, you know, the first thing that we got to talk about, guys, is uh, it's in the news. And we this is a news segment. We have a news segment with each of our podcasts. And, of course, we need to talk about Go Amazon. And, you know, uh, Mark Mark's uh, favorite thing uh, theme in the past two weeks was to shout Go Amazon every time I got on the phone with him. And Amazon heeded the call. And Amazon did go. It went above $1 trillion market cap. Um, I guess it touched it. I'm not sure if it's there now. But its stock price doubled in a year. So it's on pace to overtake Apple. So Apple, on I think August 2nd, uh, became the first uh, company to to top $1 trillion. Amazon's fast on its heels. But it's on pace to overtake Apple. It took Apple 38 years. It only took Amazon 21 years to get to that milestone. And my question for you, Mark, is how long before Trade Caddy overtakes them both? <laughs> you know, um, it's nice to have dreams, and that's one of mine. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty good. So the the fact that Amazon reached one trillion kind of um, is almost current contrarian to the uh, tech sector sell-off that we had. Uh, Mark, what or John or RK? What do you guys think about what happened with the tech sector sell-off with Microsoft and Apple, et cetera, and that whole sector kind of taking a dip the last couple of days? You know, that's a really good question. Andy and I do our analysis daily, and we'll go in and we'll look at, of course, the Trade Caddy tools. And one of the things that Trade Caddy had pointed out was that Microsoft was reaching an RSI of 70. And historically, yeah. whenever Microsoft – the stock itself, it's an RSI, Relative Strength Index, of 70. That's an indication that that company is overbought, meaning that there's going to be a pullback on that stock. So Andy and I uh, saw that in Microsoft. Now, we, we weren't looking at Amazon. We weren't looking at the rest of the stocks. But at, at that level, at the individual stock, we saw a pullback happening for the next two weeks. So... Um, Andy's question was, as the sector goes, how did that apply across the sector? Well, there's a couple of scary things that happened today. You know, one of them is Netflix, which is one of the index stocks, uh, had a sell-off. And, and as uh, Netflix, which is a tech stock, is uh, selling off its stock, uh, it, it, as an index, being a part of the S&P 500 in the NASDAQ composite, you saw the uh, drop in those those indicators. So you, you saw this fear in the market and then in, it's kind of a cascade of events. One thing creates another thing, which creates another thing. Yeah. I'm taking a look at the, uh, the Netflix uh, drop right now. And I do see that indeed I'm looking at uh, the OCW, which is another one of trade caddies tools. And there's a handy little place for you to click on the graph. And trade Netflix is not something I've paid too much attention to, but it really has taken a dive in the last uh, two months, so July 9th, it looks like we had a high of maybe 420, 
And then it took a, it took like a, a sled hill, uh, maybe like a black diamond, uh, dropped down to 320. So like about a hundred points climbing again, about halfway to 370. And then today, just a, it's even highlighted on my chart. I'm not sure that maybe that's because that's today, but one of the longest one day drops, although I've seen, there's another one here that's about a 30 point drop. This one looks like about a 20 over, yeah, about a 20 point drop on the day so far. Uh, $20 drop, I should say. So yeah, pretty significant that Netflix would go and do that on us. Fortunately, um, at least for us, we don't have anything on Netflix that would, that were, was um, gearing towards a bullish trend. But I mean, if you were, if, the whole, the entire RSI uh, graph and how predictable it is, uh, particularly with regards to Microsoft, but I'm seeing it here on Netflix too. It looks like the RSI is about at uh, 42, which is below the 50 mark. And in the last couple of months, it's dropped below 30. Uh, it's going to work its way back up at some point, but we may not be done seeing it drop. And I think that's also because of the additional competition in the, uh, in, in the sector as well. And then you mentioned the Microsoft RSI. Uh, when you mentioned that yesterday to me and the talk about making a bullish move on that and talking about the predictability of Microsoft's um, stock, and I'm looking at that graph now, and you're right, whenever it hits 70, it drops back down. It's not as um, textbook of a drop as you know you would think. Like every time it hits 70, it goes back down um, at the same amount. It doesn't do that, but it definitely is an indicator, something that the stock market and uh, traders are aware of. So, Mark, um, you mentioned that uh, that 70 uh, pullback, which which spurred on a conversation between you and me about whether or not well, we should place a bull call or a bull put on this, um, how far out in time. And we were originally looking at the bull call initially, uh, but then we kind of started looking at uh, comparing the bull call to the bull put. And as it turns out, Mark, the bull put um, with the same expiration had a higher ROI with a lower amount of money that we were risking. So what can you tell us about those two trades and the conversation that we had there? And uh, John, feel free to chime in as well about Microsoft and, and, and your feelings on it as well. I, I'm going to go ahead and rope John in on this. And uh, John has been an advocate of the Wheel of Fortune trades. And the Wheel of Fortune trades is where you find these uh, events that you really don't care about the downward uh, move as long as it doesn't move too far down and you, you can control that and you control that using options. And John has been a, a large advocate of going out, researching these stocks and finding these, these trends out there. And I, the reason why I bring that up is because it, that, that mentality of doing that uh, says, Hey, I don't care what the stock is going to do between now and the expiration date that I got in. I just want it to be above this uh, expiration date or near that, uh, that strike price on that expiration date. So um, uh, John, remember um, Edo calculus. Do you remember the continuous time algorithm used by um, Myron Fisher and black Scholes, the, the, the black Scholes formula? You, I, I think you're uh, far more expert on it than I am, though, Mark. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad he asked you about yeah. that, John, because that was, I don't have much to say about it. Can you hear well, me? Yeah, yeah. You know, John, I, I, I'll go ahead and I'll start off, and I know you know it. I know you know it. So um, when when the, um, Fisher and Black were trying to come up with the uh, Fisher Black, the Black Scholes uh, model, they were actually uh, stuck 
on how to price the options themselves. In in order to do this, they had to use um, an algorithm called continuous time, and uh, it was it was actually des- uh, developed by a Japanese mathematician in Japan that was using it to calculate trajectories of missiles as they were heading towards Japan. So if you fire a missile and it's it's heading towards Japan, you know where it can be in this moment and you know where it can't be in that moment. So you just got these rings of possibilities of what would happen if it ran out of fuel here, it got detonated there, blah, blah, blah. And you keep marching forward and you just, in that ring of elimination of improbabilities, you can go ahead and apply some level of math to it. And, and they came, he came up with this uh, calculus that's called Edel Calculus now named after him. So uh, that, that algorithm made itself into the Black-Scholes model. So when, when we as um, uh, traders and we use that uh, Black-Scholes model, uh, we, we don't look uh, like an, a stock investor who is very linear, very based upon the uh, probability of the stock just going up. Um, we, we can actually make calculations and we can actually make uh, money on uh, direction, up, down, sideways. And, and what Andy and I uh, did is we actually made a calculation based upon that. We were looking at this, hey, we, we know that we're not going to grab the absolute bottom. We know it's going to drop. We know it's going to dip. And because it's going to dip, we're just going to go ahead and place our, our, our request now. And we're going to ask more for um, the, the credit. So we did a bull put. We were comparing a bull put to a, uh, a bull call. And we'll, we'll save that for another segment with John, where John's talking in it. But the, uh, the point is we went ahead and we said, hey, this is what it's offering uh, when we looked at it. But we can get 10 cents more. So we went ahead and we built in that 10 cents. It went through. Now, ironically, mm-hmm. if we would have held out, we could have got 65 cents out of the trade <laughs> instead of 50 cents. But that's okay. Hey, we don't want to be you know, greedy, though, Mark. Yes, sir. We're already making 100%, and it's 100% in 30-some-odd days. So we, well, when you do this type of trading, what you have to do is you have to look at the recovery. It's like the tide. It comes in, it comes out. And, and you're, you might not get it when it's all the way out, but, you, you know, you're – you're you're going to get it, and you're going to you just want the tide to come back in and and cover up your uh, your short position, and that's that's what we did. We went ahead and we took a uh, a good guess at where this trajectory was going to go. We used the RE tools. Now RE went out and was screaming at us, saying, "Hey, 17 on the RE score." I'm going to park that what that uh, score means for a second, ponder it in your head, but um, we're going to come back to that. But we had a score of 17. And uh, we went ahead and we placed that trade. So, uh, John, did you want to contribute anything on that? Well, yeah, yeah, Mark, I do. I, I think that uh, you, you talked about the uh, getting uh, ten cents more and getting fifty cents versus sixty-five cents. And but you know, the point is, is you made a hundred percent profit in thirty days or less. And you know, it's it's like Andy's trade a couple weeks ago, and he made a hundred and thirty-two percent. Remember Andy and you were thinking, yeah. did I get out out of it wrong? And you know, it just it just takes me back to the old cliche or the old phrase of, you know, bulls make money, bears make money, and pigs get slaughtered. You know, I mean, <laughs> any profit is a good profit. You know, so yeah. um, it's uh, it's something that um, 
it's something that I, I think that especially when you do these, when I do short-term credit trades on these things, I'm looking for um, good, low, very low risk and high probability of my trade. So I'm willing to take a little bit less profit, uh, more assured of a trade where I don't have to adjust it and roll it out or um, roll it up. So I, I think you made a great trade there. And I, and the 50, you know, hindsight is perfect, but 50 cents right. versus 65 cents, they're both great, guys, you know. They're yeah, all great. Yeah, and, yeah it is. It's, it's been really great, and I love both of you guys sharing your perspectives. And at Trade Caddy, we, we say, you know, at, what you want to do is you want to achieve a 20% um, return on investment. Uh, but that's that's the Trade Caddy rule. But it seems like Mark's rule, and which is working pretty well for him, is he wants 100%, uh, 100% return on investment. And it seems to be working for him. Um, uh, and so it's really kind of a fun way to go about uh, doing it. Yeah, yes, we advocate 20%, but if we can get 100% or 131 or what have you. Uh, but, yeah, just to hear, because he placed a trade. He, he sent me the trade uh, as we were going back and forth, and it ended up being the bull put over the bull call of this trade. And I can't remember the exact strike price that I can probably pull up very easily, but it was – uh, it ended up being I would have I was going to get a 45 cent credit on it, and he shot me that he was putting a 50 cent credit on it. So before trading open this morning, I go ahead went ahead and canceled that order and, and actually changed it to get a 50 uh, 50 cent credit. Um, and so they both yeah they went through this morning and, and like Mark said I didn't even know that. So now I'm kicking myself because I could have gotten 65. Actually I'm, <laughs> I'm actually quite content with the 50 with the 50 cent credit. But but oh, yeah. you were a bull and and you profited right? Absolutely. Well, we, yeah. We, yeah, I mean, uh, we're getting Andy's, there. So. Andy's a trade that uh, my favorite trade of Andy's was one that he did on his own, the yo-yo uh, trade. Uh, uh, Chinese uh, company just looked it up and wanted to do a straddle, and that ended up him just taking away uh, a uh, the long call and just going with the long put because of at the historic probability of it going down in his right. 300 and something percent. We talked about this in the previous show. I had missed, uh, I want to, we don't like to produce um, inaccurate um, things when we talk about in the show. I did say 400. I did bad math. It was 300 and something percent. So I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah. That's such an egregious error, Mark. But yeah, and, and this is all just for educational purposes only, as you guys know, and as we stress, um, but yeah, that was a very fun trade. And if nothing else, there's a lot more to it, but if nothing else, trade caddy gets you started on the right track when it comes to these trades, it'll highlight these stocks for you. It'll tell you whether or not they're going to go one way or another in its, in its you know, humble, educated opinion. And that's how I found yo-yo. And then I took a look at when the earnings were taking place and, uh, it was YY Mark. I don't know if it was, maybe it was well, YY. Yeah. YY. And so, <laughs> and so we were thinking, why not? Why not? YY? And so, we put it out there, and uh, knowing that the earnings report was coming through, and then historically, yeah, just like you said, Mark, and I'm being redundant when I say it, but the stock typically went down after an earnings report. So we put we put the appropriate options trade in there, and sure enough, we took advantage of it. So Trade Caddy identified it, and then through my education, uh, Trade Caddy education, that was a wonderful trade. The uh, the Microsoft trades are, are wonderful too. Now we haven't made money on it yet, other than the fact that we took in a fifty cent credit. 
Um, the, the trade expires in the middle of October, October 12th. So I think we've got like 36 days until expiration, 37, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, but what's interesting was Mark was talking first about the bull call, and then we switched over to the bull put, and there was a better ROI and it was lower risk. Now, Mark, how can, tell me about how you can have two trades with the exact same um, uh, spread, just in terms of you know the instruments used, the exact same instruments, but one have a better ROI over the other. You know, you can you can tell a European investor from an American investor by this very question. When uh, when a European come, uh, qu- uh, investor comes over, uh, they they, they would that would be uh, what they would expect in uh, Europe. They would look at the put side with the same risk and strain strikes and look over on the co- uh, debit side and say, hey, um, why why is these numbers not the same? Because that's called put call parity, where they put in the calls the, um, or strike. And the strike positions in the money and out of the money uh, equal pretty much the same. And the reason why is because um, in Europe, uh, they cannot buy and resell an option once they purchased it or sold it. So you, you own it till expiration. There, so there, is, there is no market individual uh, marketing of that individual um, instrument itself. So in the United States, we decided to make this a market. So each since each one of those that put has its own, um, you can buy it, resell it as many times until it's ex- expiration. Um, the same on the call side. So since each one of these has its own market, it has its own uh, price that it kind of uh, drifts apart. So what you tend to do is you try to see volatility in play here because anytime you have volatility at play, then you're looking at a credit trade because volatility really inflates those, those credit prices. So when we came back and we were looking at that stock, Microsoft, that you have uh, this progressive move up, progressive move up, and, and there's not a much of a difference in the, um, you know, the, the investors are agreeing with this. They're agreeing that Microsoft over the last several years has been pushing up, pushing up. But when you need volatility, you need somebody with a difference of opinion, a high number of uh, people. And as that volatility gets injected, so does that credit. So uh, with that RSI hitting 70, it puts some fear in some investors. They, some other people who are looking at the uh, stock chart are seeing the same thing we're doing, and they're, they're going, hey, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. So they started investing, uh, injecting uh, an opposition of its direction, and that's what we – we we went ahead and seized the direction, but we seized it one month out, saying, "Hey, it's going to it's it's going to come back to this. Uh, we're going to go ahead and use this volatility in a different way. We're not going to get the absolute bottom, but we're going to use it to get a better price." Right. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And uh, John, I don't know if you have anything to add about uh, about that Microsoft trade or the differences in the European or American markets or the differences between the bull call and the bull put um, that we were kind of comparing and contrasting? Well, the, the thing I would add is um, that, as Mark said, in the European markets, you've got the, you've got to hold that till expiration. And, you know, here again, I, I, I like to, I'll get out of a trade in hours or days, <laughs> if I hit my profit before the expiration. So let's say I've got a, uh, 
a, a, a credit trade that if I let it expire, I'm going to make 50 cents on on each share. Uh, but if I make 40 cents in day one, I'm out of it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going right. to I'm not going to stay in that. Thing. It, it, in the European market, you can't do that. Uh, the other aspect I would I would highlight is the fact that one you know if you if you're comparing a a credit trade with a debit trade um the debit trade you know takes funds from you and and uh can sometimes there's there's some differences in um you know how many depending on what the status of your portfolio is uh it might prevent you from making another trade on a different oh. a different equity or, or a different trade within the same equity just based on what's in your account. So there's, you know, the, there's those factors that you look at also. But um, again, I like the, I like the aspect of being able to uh, uh, get out of the trade. And here again, it's, it's you know, take 80% of your profit on day one versus waiting a couple of weeks or something. So, yeah, yeah, and maybe that's – so our, our European friends do not have that luxury, and perhaps that's why we have 40 countries uh, just in the last month alone looking at our trading options in U.S. markets class on Udemy. Maybe they realize that there's a little more freedom with regards to options trading here, and that's what they're looking for. Maybe we even just create a class just for them. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, that's great, that's great talk and a great advantage that we have in the American markets. Um, and – you know, another another way that we can benefit in the in the American markets is based on um, uh, just just um, the co- the competitive freedom that we have with regards to all of these different stocks that are available for us to to trade. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was a former Walgreens employee, and he owns some stock in Walgreens. I think it's as a result like a profit sharing program or something along those lines. And he also knows a lot of Walgreens uh, stock owners that have over 100 shares of stock. But they don't have any options um, uh, on those on the stock that they own, and so Mark, you, know, you and I were talking about this yesterday about you know the fact that me and a friend of mine were talking about the fact that he and his friends don't have um, anything to any insurance or any coverage on those. They just own the stock, um, and I thought, well, what a shame! What a shame that they don't have uh, the knowledge. It would be great to you know to be able to just express to them that there are options out there with regards to taking advantage of. Um, you know, protecting their investment, literally. And so, Mark, you and I had, a, we were talking, um, he was basically telling me that, oh, the Walgreens stock was just dropping and the CVS, which is a competitor to Walgreens, was going up. And so when I, before I took a look at the stock charts uh, today, even, I thought, or maybe it was yesterday, I thought, oh, the stock's just going to show a, a big dip. But it's not that clear cut. I mean, yes, it's gone down from 71 to to. 67 uh, just in the last month, but uh, that's from an all-time high uh, in the past year, and so it's pretty much it's pretty much up on the year at 68. But bottom line is the sentiment is of uh, my friend and his friends is that the stock is dropping, and I don't know they they might be looking to get rid of it um, or at least you know cover uh, that uh, that stock. And so Mark, you and I were talking about two trades in particular. Um, two options for them. We talked first about the collar trade, and then we talked about the protected put. Uh, the collar trade looks a little bit more complicated, maybe not the right uh, fit for my uh, friend's friends who own the Walgreens stock, but what do you think about that collar trade? It looks like it's a debit trade. What can you tell us about it? What, why were you thinking a collar trade? 
Well, you know, it's interesting, and, and I'm going to seize this moment to, and I'm not derailing, but I think it's an important part what you brought up. And I like this subject because we can come back to it in another show. Whenever you're having a conversation with a, an, and this doesn't apply to your friend, but when you're, when you're having a conversation with a, a former executive of a company, you, you'd want to make sure that you're not having a conversation with a CXO position because if you're having a, a, a conversation with that, that's considered insider information. And therefore, uh, yeah. everything they say, you can't act on. You, you should tell them, hey, don't want to hear it. Uh, just okay. be quiet at that moment. So that's uh, – so I I've you saw Martha Stewart kind of got in trouble with that. There's a list of other people who kind of got in trouble with this. Just It doesn't seem like you're – you can easily get trapped into that uh, little um, snafu. So, but going back yeah, so to, he, he, well, hold on a second, Michael. But yeah, so he had, he should be protecting himself and I should be protecting myself. And that's why before I even say, hello, how you doing? I say, um, uh, this, uh, this is for ed- educational purposes only and in no way should be considered investment advice. Options of all risk and are and not suitable for all investors. And then I say, Hey, how you, how you doing? <laughs> so yeah, so we definitely both want to be sure that uh, we're we're covering our tracks or ourselves when we uh, when we talk about that with a CXO. Now he's not a CXO, but I see your point. Right, right. And um, but going back, everything is about cost bases and taxes and and stuff. So um, we use cost basis to determine if we're going to be profitable or not. So uh, you always go and you ask somebody how married are they to the stock and. Um, if they're if they're married to the stock and they do not want to sell it, then you if you advise them in a short call, you've got to set it at such a high strike price that it's unrealistic that it's going to go through. And the reason right. why you're you even using that short call is is to help um, suggestion you're going to make buying that long put. And that long put is going to cost them money, but it's going to give them an insurance policy. So if mm-hmm. if you want to hold on to a stock and you absolutely don't want to sell it. And don't take any risk. Don't short the call. Just do something called a protective put. Put a long put in play, and you can continue to hold that stock. Now, how you make money in this is when that stock starts driving down, when you think it's found a uh, floor uh, down, you know, it doesn't have to be the absolute bottom, but it just has to be at a a value less than that strike price on that put. You sell that long put, and you capture that money. Now, since you've owned the stock, you really didn't make that money, but what you've done is you lowered your cost basis. So you think you could actually kind of did make money because you did lower your cost basis. So um, uh, that's, that's uh, how I would approach it to short. I see. It should be a Shakespearean question to short a call or not to short a call. That is the question. Uh. I like it. And so the difference between the collar trade and the protective put is simply that short call that comes in to play with the collar trade, which uh, um, could cost you your, uh, your stock if it went above that. Well, but, price. Andy, I'll, I'll also uh-huh. interject though that if you're, if you're watching every day, you can roll that. And that's maybe this is discussion for another show, but uh, we can, you can always roll that uh, short call up and out. Ah, so okay. to avoid to avoid being called out, you know, you can adjust that call, that short call, um, yeah. to a higher strike price and a in an expiration date that's further out. 
Gotcha. Um, so the, the yeah. rule of thumb when you do that, though, is to always do it for credit. That's kind of thing you hard to do on a very volatile stock. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. If you get a, yeah. it doesn't work for spikes, but if you get, if it doesn't work for, you know, spikes and you don't want to be messing around with short calls, especially around earnings events or. Oh yeah. Uh, I see what you're so. saying. Yeah. That makes total sense. And that also makes sense why the protected put it is sometimes called the chicken trade uh, because <laughs> yeah, you are limiting your risk. Uh, that's what the limiting instrument is for the protected put would be that long put there. Um so, yeah, so I, I see what you're saying with that. I see the benefit of that, and uh, that might be something that next time I speak with him, I'll ask him, you know, have you considered that protective put? Um, and Andy, what's on our next show? That. What is on our next show? Well, my yes, goodness, sir. our next show is probably going to be the most epic show of our 137-episode show, although we've had some good ones, uh, some quite old. But our next show, Mark, is a special guest, uh, the first uh, special guest of the season. Not that you guys aren't special, but you're not guests. You are. I make you show show up. Uh, Robert Netsley. Robert Netsley is, I think, the CEO of uh, uh, Inspire Investing, Biblically Responsible Investing. Uh, The more I read about these guys, the more phenomenal I find them to be. They have have the same goals, the same mission, the same mindset as we do. They even have a scoring system on stock, just like we do. One of those companies I wish we would have invented. Uh, basically, they evaluate stocks based on biblical principles, and they do a darn good, excuse me, darn good job of it as well, uh, making money for the people who use their services. So it's going to be a fantastic talk, and that ought to be something that you guys who are listening now, if you want to send in questions to Robert Netsley of Inspire Investing, uh, send them on Twitter to hashtag PTRask. Um, and, uh, follow it up with your question. We're also going to have this show live, and we're going to – heavily promoted on our social media so that we can get as many listeners as possible benefiting from listening to the conversation we had with Robert. You and excited? That, I am excited. That is, uh, that's one of my favorite shows of the year. So I am definitely looking forward. Okay. Wonderful. Is that it? Are we wrapping the show up, Mark? We got no, we we got are, no time left. We, right. we ran over as always. Oh, my gosh, we ran way over. Well, I tell you what, everybody, follow us on Facebook or on Twitter or uh, anywhere else you can find us on social media. Look us up at tradecaddy.com. Give us an email at andy at tradecaddy.com. Let us know what sort of courses you want to take, and we will set you up so that you can listen in on John's class on Tuesday nights. And I've got a class coming up on Wednesday nights for the introduction to options, so uh, feel free to shoot us an email and get in touch with us so that you can get started learning more about options. This is Power Trader Radio. Stop, stop, stop.